Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Norman Mitchell. Perfect. Uh, thanks for coming back, the both of you. I uh, wasn't sure if you were going to stick around, but hey, we're all here together and we're enjoying this. Uh, today, we're it's talking about this minute. Yeah. Um, what are we doing? We're talking about minute number 124 today, uh, part four of Change Machine. This minute is going to start with Wonder Woman slicing up a parademon, and the minute's going to end with uh, the Nightcrawler starting to fire a rocket. It's got mm. rockets. That thing's got rockets. Yeah, it's on the toy. <laughs> I hope it has shark repellent. <laughs> it's got. It's probably got the full arsenal, you know? Yeah, you know. You think that thing can go into water? Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised. How many yeah, of just Batman's... Like on the f- ocean floor crawling. Yeah, yeah, like crab. Like, how many of Batman's, oh, yeah, uh, like, gadgets do you think he makes with, like, oh, I gotta, I gotta make that waterproof? Yeah. <laughs> I think everything's got to be kind of waterproof because he fights people like Mr. Freeze. Yeah. So like, it's got to be like ice and waterproof, anything he uses. It's got to be. It's got to be. It's got to got to get that flex seal. That means you should see the Bruce Wayne flex seal <laughs> bill. He's got his own account with them. Right. Yeah. Big sponsor. Yeah. Everything's got to be watertight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, I mean, this whole minute. So, I mean, where to, there's so much to talk about in this one. At least I feel like almost every shot, it's just so cool. There's so much to talk about that I I, I just really love. First of all, yesterday we talked about there's two parademons that take away Barry. Uh, we do find out that there's a third parademon and, and and what happens with it. But the 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 minute ended yesterday, like right as Wonder Woman is leaping to go rescue the Flash, and then it starts with this minute with her just completely like decapitating one parademon the other one gets kind of injured and then she finishes it off and does like it's just something that i really like uh in these in, in this movie where it's like a cgi well it's it's wonder woman gal gadot she's doing like a jumping lunge and then you know they they visual effect they make it so that she's doing like this crazy leap and then it comes back to being gal gadot doing like this stab tumble roll and then like kind of like a, a 180 turn into like this cool like attack pose and there's something i really love just about like that um um what's it called like that uh that choreography yeah of just like the stab and roll and turn like it's stuff like that that i'm just like that's awesome that's the coolest thing i've ever seen uh and i say like every time wonder woman does anything i just go that was really cool. I, I love that. I just anytime. I just want to see more of that. <laughs> it really is just excellent choreography throughout uh, so many of these films. Um, but like these visual effect moments, these big moments, especially like the super speed kind of style that they do with Wonder Woman and how they're actually depicting power. Um, mm-hmm. Norman, you said it before where, like, it's, like, you. she's obviously magic. Uh, it's really cool how, like, apparent they make that, but it's just such an unspeakable thing. Um, yeah. Not everything needs to be spoon-fed like that. You don't yeah. need to see Wonder Woman going into some magic spring that endows her with some glowing aura or whatever. Like, 
Yeah, I do think I think it is really interesting the way that this movie handles Wonder Woman's power in specific, because it has to put her on a scale that feels like kind of above everyone else except for Superman without feeling like she's too close to Superman for like Superman's return to work. Uh, but even yeah. she's more skilled. Like it's it's yeah. shown that like as a fighter, she's so much better than Superman too. Like, yeah. and it just goes back to like Superman punches, you know, yeah. and he does flying punches and he's just it a farm works. boy. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a 6,000 year old warrior that's trained in every single combat known to everybody, you know? Right. Like, yeah. I think like the best example too, of like the way they do a really good job of showing the scale of Wonder Woman, at least as far as speed is when she catches all those machine gun bullets in her first scene in this movie. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. She catches, yeah. like, 30 bullets in a row. Like, but that's a really good show of scale because it also gives you an idea of, like, wow, this is what speed looks like in this movie. And then we see the flash. Yep. Yeah. And we, we, we see that also in, in Man of Steel with Feora, where it's, like, that kind of real-time speedster. Like, she's they're super-powered, so they are moving that fast. And it feels... um. It's like a Dragon Ball Z power creep kind of thing where yeah, it's just yeah. like, you, you know, you're showing someone at like Kaioken and then you go to Flash and it's like, OK, this is like God level yeah, speed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, it's like that old that old like fan theory, because like the Frieza and, and Goku fight on Namek is like 10 episodes. But like in time and world, it was like five minutes because they're moving super fast. We're just seeing them at, at slow mo so that we can understand what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And um I, I love uh, I, I, um, video games kind of do it because they have they need to have a way to to um, put people in into certain categories. But whether it's like, you know, the Injustice video game or DC Universe Online, um, you know, Batman is like a gadget type and Wonder Woman's like this magic type. And then obviously Superman is, is like this power type. And, you know, the, it, it does a good job of separating Wonder Woman and uh, Wonder Woman from both Batman and Superman, where it's like, yeah, both Batman and Wonder Woman have tools and gadgets and weaponry that they that they choose from, but in in a minute here, the way that Wonder Woman is displayed in in action, and then we show Batman, it shows him in a totally different way of using weaponry, where you see this grappling hook, um, take out take out the third parademon. And I love the way it, it like still reaches for Wonder Woman as it gets dragged back. Yeah, like it, it's just so um, it's surprising. It's stealthy. It's 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 shock and horror from from the parademon who's being like reeled in by the Batman. So it has like yeah. this kind of scary presence or, or Batman has like this scary presence to him. That's surprising. But it, it like what it does is it, it, it separates him from wonder woman and doesn't say like it doesn't make everyone do the same stuff yeah like it just it's two people's different worlds and you get to see it like you see this warrior uh goddess and then you see this um you know the batman and just some guy like yeah yeah so i've always loved that and and i think they do a good job of that um also wonder woman and superman They, they they really identified Wonder Woman away from Superman instead of just yeah. making them, well, they're both superheroes that fly and punch things really, yeah. really hard. It's like, yeah, well, she's a lot more than that now. Yeah. And Superman is, is, is a lot more in his own way. So, 
Yeah, that's and that's the thing that like the Justice League cartoon struggles with is making Wonder Woman and Superman's powers feel different and like the way that they operate. But like they this does water. a good job of separating it. Yeah. They, they they water Superman down so much in that Justice League, but for good reason. I mean, yeah. it's But then we get like my, my one of my favorite Superman speeches where it's just like I live in a cardboard world with paper people. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> "Oh, you are like keeping in mind like you do you you understand that you can't hug someone with your full power." <laughs> like, yeah. I get it. And I I really love the Justice League Unlimited episode where like all the superheroines are in that like underground fight club and they're all like mind controlled and then the final boss is wonder woman and it's just like it it, like perfectly defines her character as like she is the most badass person and the fact that you're stuck in a ring with her is like truly terrifying and like i always love that moment because it's like oh that's to me that's like that's terrifying i gotta rewatch justice league and justice league unlimited that shows that shows so good it's so good. I need to catch up on Young Justice. I haven't seen the newest uh, season four. I think is the last one. I don't know if there's any ones past that. I remember. I remember liking it. But yeah, um, I, uh, uh, I, I I do want to mention um, this. This minute does have one of my all time favorite um, like Batman imagery in this, and it, it I'm putting it right up there, even with uh, like Dawn of Justice him on the Lex Luthor CCTV, like coming down vampire Batman. Uh, I'm putting it up there with the end of Dawn of justice of, of him coming out through the, like the, the rebar destruction after Superman dies. Like it's, it's there. And it is this silhouette when he does grapple the, uh, the parademon. Um, yeah. And it's not just a standing silhouette of the caped crusader. He moves, but it is so inherently batman that it is one of the most batman things i have ever seen on screen yeah and it's a silhouette and it's it it, but like that that's the idea like that is what you think of when you think of batman and shadows kind of thing especially emerging from shadows uh in his heroic form um yeah but like just this big looming batman with this big flowing cape and and the the motion you see him actually tug on the grapple to pull the parademon down when he's so sure of himself that he knows that I'm in the right moment, I'm Batman, I'm doing it, I'm coming in to save the day. Like, just like how Batman does. And he knows he looks cool as hell. Like Right, yeah, because he's Batman. <laughs> like, no one he else... enjoys himself. <laughs> like, Batman is clearly the character that, like, aesthetically just most gels with everything Zack Snyder wants to do. Yes. Like, so every, every like, Batman frame when he's when he's doing something cool in a fight or like just flying through the air with his grappling hook like Zack Snyder just nails what that's supposed to look like it all feels quintessentially Batman yeah and I think what's also good like consistency is in this whole scene he, he you know he was he's he's shown fighting a couple of parademons how difficult it's to fight one parademon so maybe stick to the shadows and be Batman but he also really fought hard to get that grappling gun so for him to have the grappling gun and to use it in this final moment to be like, I'm going to use this grapple gun and get this parademon from the shadows. It's like, yeah, that that gun he's been trying to hold on to the whole fight. Uh, it, it really uh, it saved Wonder Woman's life because, yeah. you know, it puts her a danger and he, he steps in to, to save her. It just it's good. It's that good stuff. It's the good Batman Wonder Woman Justice League 
good stuff. <laughs> um, then we get Cyborg, like, dive bombing straight down into the Nightcrawler. Oh, crawler. yeah. That's, like, the moment where, like, the mask goes over totally over his face, like, just feels so anime to me. It's, like, one of those moments in this movie that feels like it came out of an anime. It actually really reminds me. Have either, either of you watched One Punch Man? Uh, I, I, I have. Um, I didn't, I didn't finish, uh, I think I only watched season one. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't uh. finished season two. I, I watched the first couple episodes of it. Yeah. But, like, the way that Cyborg looks with the mask down and, like, the framing of it just makes me think of Metal Knight from One Punch Man yeah. and the way he flies. Like, it just, it's just stuck in my head. It's and then I also think, like, so when he crashes and, and he does, like, the arm connects into the computer i think it like that is just that is from an anime right like that that just is like some akira level yeah uh, ghost like, in the shell like yeah, yeah just yeah. like i'm gonna just like consume organically like veins on onto hardware and it just has like um it's like that or like uh almost like uh megami tensei like, i don't know there's something about like, this old school 90s uh, horror cyberpunk stuff where yeah. it's just like I'm gonna consume technology now. Yeah. And there's a part of that is just I think this shot just is uh, like I'm sure someone could probably find the actual reference to it, but there's so much we talked about um last week, but when Batman first gets in the nightcrawler and he's like flipping all the switches and turning things on and the screen lights up, it's it's like, you know, Super Macross, Robotech oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just oh, dude man, getting just into a psycho frame. Macross. There's yeah. a there's a name I haven't heard in an age. Oh, <laughs> hang around with us. We talk <laughs> I haven't seen too we much love too much too much Macross. Just a little bit. Here and there on like sci fi channel when I was growing up. Yeah. I just want uh you know, it, it would be nice to have more movies be more anime like you know it's like I, they can't I, all be pacific a, rim <laughs> oh well, god and so like to me pacific rim is like that's the one time that's like that's a great example it's like, a perfect example that's that's an anime like right i want more of that um i, so I they, really love the alita movie too <laughs> i hey, it was a good movie i just watched that recently like i can it, oh you've it, never seen it before no it missed me i mean or i missed it uh when it was all out and everything i know you were really big on it and everything i'm and, big and on all it that i'm stuff. huge on um, it yeah and then i watched it when it was on some something i just put it on and i was like dang i'm i'm getting really into this <laughs> right yeah I, I have good. it on my i have it on my voodoo nate so if you ever want to you ever want to watch it i got that that 4K HDR. Right. I went um, on about the Blu-ray like the week it released. I was like, I need, I need this. Yeah. I want this movie to get the sequel. It really, really ambitiously teases. That that was me with the uh, Avatar 2, The Way of Water. I was like, this money, it's going to the sequel of Alita. Like, make it happen, James Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. I just want, because they're just, um, I, I love that movie. I, I think it's, I think it's great. I think it's beautiful. And, um, like, I don't, uh, I don't want to put Zack Snyder's name on everything, but it's like, I would love for Zack Snyder to do like some <laughs> more animated style. Astro flicks, Boy? Like, yeah. Oh my yeah, no, or, God. Zack Snyder's no, Astro Boy. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be a trip. I just, but I love Sucker Punch, right? Like I'm a big fan of Sucker Punch and like this, the fight scene with the, uh, baby doll and like the three samurai. Yeah. It's like, and she's like in the schoolgirl outfit. It's just like whatever that is 
I want a big movie of that. An <laughs> anime movie adaptation that I actually really think would jive really well with Zack Snyder is Cyborg 009. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's that's a that's an old cut. That's that old. was that was an anime I watched, and well, like, those, those are different those are animes the... of it. There's like a really old one, and then there's like a middle like a middling one from like the early '80s, and then there was like another one. There was one. I think I only saw the early '80s one. one. The, the early one '80s there's... one is the one that they aired on uh, Cartoon Network. I yeah, think, that was like the they... only one that I saw. The, the team red suits. They're yeah. you know cyborg yeah. whatever. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, that was the only one that I saw. Um, Actually, they're not playing that on like Toonami Aftermath now. So if you, if you probably like on Saturdays or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a deep cut. I feel like a lot of people nowadays have, like totally forgotten that that exists. Yeah, and I think sometimes that's the best way to go about it is, is take take uh, take those anime franchises that aren't so big and popular right now because then there's too much. There's too much hype for. There's too much pressure to get it done right. Yeah. I think um, I think like Takashi Mike is doing. I think I think he does really well. There's some really great Takashi Mike movies that it's like, that's the manga, like that's the anime that you just did it, and it's live action and it's in color. This is great. Who, uh, who's that? Mm-hmm. What what movies are are those? Uh, God, so many. Oh, jeez. Uh, Roni Kenshin. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, Immortal, yeah. Immortal the, Blade. I hear so uh, much good stuff about the Kenshin live what action. What was the movies. other? Yeah, I need it's to just go through and watch all of them. Um, unfortunate creator aside, I hear a lot uh, of good stuff uh, about the, yeah. the Kenshin live action. Thirteen actions. Assassins. Uh, yeah, the Thirteen Assassins. He did um, the um, the uh, oh god, what was the other space one? Um, oh shit. Anyways, last name is spelled M I I K. Yamato, Space Battleship Yamato, or oh, Yamato, okay. or whatever. Yeah, yeah he did yeah. a live action of that. Um, I mean, these and and they're just like these animes that are that have the potential to have these big moments and big scenes and, and a lot goes into it. Um, but then when you boil it down to like live action, it, it works at least with, like yeah. blade of the immortal is one of the better ones. I think that worked. I love that manga. <laughs> I that worked that really manga. well. And the movie is incredible. It's like, Oh, you, you hit all the points from the, from the manga. Like you're, this is it. This is a movie version of Blade of the Mortal. That's good. I, I randomly bought that manga from a local bookstore when I was like sixteen. Yeah, and then and like, you just, just like, like this it was the like, coolest oh. thing in the world when I was like sixteen. Same thing. Like I think I got it like randomly recommended by someone. It was just like, oh yeah, you should check. Like you, you like sword fights. Check this out. It was like, yeah. oh oh, this is like weapons on weapons on the cool magic yeah. sword fights. <laughs> yeah, man. I I don't want to put too much pressure on. Hideaki Anno, but I it, I wouldn't mind now that he's done like Shin Kamen Rider and Shin Gojira. It's like maybe do a live action NGE, like you know, just to see it because it, it's kind know. of already. I don't see that. I think he's done with it. I think he's done. I think with he's Evangelion. done with it. But it's like, uh, yeah, maybe Shinji Higuchi, the the one who did the well, I, they did the Attack on Titan movie, so maybe not a maybe not a good yeah. bet. Um, I feel like an NGE movie would just like kind of boil down to like what you're really trying to like you you got to pick like one aspect of that story and focus on it like like the Evas like you're picking the aspect of the Evas and the whole movie is going to center around the Evas like you don't get any of the the depressive stuff like you don't get any of the yeah. character like ups and downs you have to like downs. truncate Asuka's yeah. like you got to do all of it even Shinji character. like you can't have Shinji just going around you, like you can have him say like I don't want to do this and be like snotty kid but you can't have him yeah. <laughs> it would have to be a movie where you they can't just, have like, him having one, existential one crises yeah and <laughs> and massive religious you know upheavals of of ideology yeah, and whatnot. yeah right. like it's hey Hideaki what's with all this like religious imagery Oh, uh, it just makes it look different from everything else at the time. Oh, thanks. 
Now you just make people question this forever. Yeah. <laughs> and then we cut to <laughs> Man like, of Steel. Hey, what's with all this Christian allegory? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. But um, it just makes sense to me. Looks cool. More anime stuff in, uh, in, uh, what is it? Just comic book movies, just entertainment movies, big block blockbusters. Like, just put more anime stuff. I mean, like you know, it works. I mean, what a Black Swan, uh, Inception, like these things that take from, especially when you take from like direct animation. Right, like and Black you go, Swan is just perfect blue, right? Like, it's like yeah, nice. it's pretty Black much Swan the whole thing. Perfect and uh, blue, Inception yeah. was oh god, I can't think of the name, but it's the the whole hallway scene and everything like that. That's an that was from an anime. Oh, like, that oh whole is there distortion. a bunch of visuals in that from Paprika? Is that what the yeah one Paprika as well? Yeah. Like that's another one that uh, the whole dream sequence and stuff is from Paprika. Both are Satoshi Kon movies. Yeah, yeah, all that. Where stuff. like the the touches the just like the the mirror and it, space it, it, reality and it breaks, and, yeah, 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 it breaks like a mirror yeah, all that yeah, stuff yeah. um so like it is there i think just people are too or at least they're not uh, able to pull from those things that they're drawing inspiration from i think yeah a lot of it's there and a lot of it's invisible to like most people because they just haven't watched a ton of anime but like evangelion is the one that when you watch it you see its fingerprints on not just like every other anime you've ever watched but like all over western media too it's just like a ridiculously yeah. influential piece of of media so I think sometimes it can be hit or miss with um, with Robert Rodriguez because I think yeah. Robert Rodriguez is one of those people. I mean, Alita yeah. is great. He's got a lot of anime sensibilities in like yeah. all of his movies. But then you cut to Book of Boba Fett and you go, uh, "Is it? Uh, you tried? Yeah, it just <laughs> some people didn't get it. So like, but you have Thundercat as like this cyberpunk kind of like uh, chop shop kind of yeah. person, and it's like. I love it, but I know no one else is gonna like this episode. You get the, it doesn't, the prequel doesn't... biker gangs like that's also like uh, what was the um, uh, Bozazuka like gang like that's directly from anime stuff. Like they look at the yeah. tricked out yeah. motorcycles they have. They're a Bozazuka gang. Like <laughs> yeah, and then like that's one Akira's girl, influence like, like a... on like Western yeah. bikers. Like yeah, the fact that they have like all these cybernetic enhancements. It was like very cyberpunk on Tatooine and. I think no one liked it. That sounds legit <laughs> to me. I haven't watched the book of Boba Fett, but like that oh. sounds awesome to me. Oh, like, go for it was okay. just like the one visual aspect where it was like, oh, you obviously have the younger group, and like they're really into the retro style of things, yeah. just like how normal media is. Like, and have you, you give the biker that? gang kids like 1950s George <sighs> Lucas Star Wars age prequel yeah. tech, like just that American looks... graffiti but cyberpunk. It is. Like, come it on. really it is. is. It's it American is. graffiti. In Star in in Tatooine, I mean, yeah. it's that's what so it the, was. The speeders that they're riding are prequel era, so they're all like shiny and blue and red, and they're like hot rod looking. Oh, is that are those the people that people are like, why are there Power Rangers in my book of Boba Fett? I think so. Yes, there was, and yes. they were like all like the cyber, like that was a whole big thing, like like these in the Star Wars universe at this time, you know, as, as things mature and and the technology is starting to catch up, like they're starting to implement cybernetic abilities, like you know yeah, cyberpunk yeah. stuff like that's that yeah. makes sense you kind of saw where the direction was going and it just made sense and it was right? supposed to show boba fett and so that's the thing where people didn't like it is because it's like people want people want like their facebook meme badass boba fett image that they have as their yeah. profile picture and they want they want to they want that as like eight episodes like the mandalorian is doing but it's really supposed to be like boba fett some washed up guy he's trying to be a better person why and do you just so, want to repeat it like why to do something yeah. else like, it really was it was know. it was a 
it was a repeat, I guess. I don't, I don't know. But and so then, and then all these young bloods show up, and they got their hot rods and their cyberpunk modifications, and it's and like, Boba Fett's like, like, get off my lawn. Get he literally, literally, uh, either that or, and then it was like, okay, I'm gonna work with the street gang now. Just like, how, I mean, I, I don't know. It kind of made like There's... I saw what they were doing. I think what the where the fault was is that it was happening on Tatooine, so it didn't really give that, um, you know, crime boss in the city feel that like Boba Fett was was doing. You know, mm-hmm. so it was still in a desert, and it's like, oh shit. Okay, and I think that's the problem is that because um, we 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 say it now, and as we're talking about it, we're gushing about it, we're loving it. It's like, <laughs> all this cool anime stuff is happening in it, and it's it's like I get it. But I think the show overall has like an identity crisis. Of yeah. Like, oh, it, it wants to be a Western. It wants to be, a, you know, the cyberpunk story or it wants to be a traditional Boba Fett Star Wars story. And it like or then it wants to be Dances with Wolves. And it's like, oh, what, yeah. what, hey, what, you, know, what? you can make, make sci fi Western with like crazy technology work. I mean, like Trigun and Cowboy Bebop exist. It Perfect example. Where's that? Where's get, okay? Well, hold on. <laughs> Wait a second. I think they, uh, I think there's a good way to do. Cowboy Bebop in live action. Uh, I think the Netflix show showed you how you could make every wrong decision to do it. So there's, I mean, it went a little too futuristic. Uh, or, or try to mimic the editing. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, they tried to make it in post look more like a Cowboy Bebop yeah. movie instead of by its DNA having um, the same influences that Shinichiro Watanabe had for. Um, making Cowboy Bebop, but Trigun might be a good one. I think Trigun would be a good a good thing to explore. Um, do, do you want to see a live action Trigun, or should you just stick to the new the new show? I haven't finished Stampede. I like what I've watched of it so far, but I, live action Trigun, I don't know. Like, I think you could make it work. I think there's enough there to do it, like, and and do it pretty well. But like, I don't know if that's something I actually would want. I mean, and the original is like my favorite anime of all time. Yeah. So like, I I would only want. I mean, like that's another thing. Like if Takashi Mike would do it, it's like, hey, I would want to see how you would do a trigun. But you know, yeah. But that's because of your <laughs> your backlog of and your resume of of adapting these things. So you you yeah. do have a chance of of making There's it. There's precedence you, you've you've established. You can you can yeah. tap into into that into yeah. that realm. Um, the problem with a lot yeah. of like anime adaptations is like I don't know how you do the stories any justice unless you're gonna adapt them with like a similar amount of time. Yeah, like, that's like another the, thing. The similar runtime because otherwise you're like just not gonna do the source material justice, you know? Like so they kind of yeah. have to be serious to me. Like any of these movies just haven't really worked. The ones that I've seen anyway, unless they're like really long or like they're already built in. Like we're doing a trilogy. Yeah, they have it planned out. Yeah. Um, well, we're like good luck with One Piece. Like, right, I know. And it's the same studio. It's still Tomorrow Studios, the same one that worked on Cowboy Bebop. I'm like, I'm like hesitant, but oh, like optimistic. Really? Yeah, it's Tomorrow Studios. Oh. Uh, but like the showrunner for it has been like really involved with like the internet community of One Piece and like it's been really talkative and like communicating with people. A lot of One Piece YouTubers have like been able to like visit the sets and like talk to people and stuff. But is it just so going to be just like okay, we're we're fan servicing. Here's your nostalgia. Here's your here's your points. Like right, you like, see this because know. that's from the show and the anime. It's now we got it on the big screen as well, so you get it. Like, yeah, like I'm worried about that. But like original I, I'm, I'm stories, gonna give it a chance. I'm gonna give it original a chance. stories <laughs> are what makes the thing good. Original yeah. stories that exist in the pre-existing universe that yeah. you do like that's what works. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a chance because like One Piece is like my favorite story ever. Yeah, so like yeah, yeah, we have friends that that love it, and so. Um, man, it, yeah. it's worth it. It's it's a lot, but it's worth it. It's so good. 
Yeah. Well, cool. I, I enjoyed talking anime a whole <laughs> heck of a ton today. Yeah. Um, Way off here, you know. So, I mean, just to wrap up the minute that we're talking about real quick before we wrap up for today, uh, Cyborg is uh, taking control of, of the Nightcrawler. He's flipped the Nightcrawler over, um, and then we get this really cool cracked shot of, of Victor. He says, don't worry, Alfred, I'll take it from here. Sounds very robotic. Um, and I think there's some symbolism. Is that the correct? Yeah, that's the correct word. Uh, symbolism for the, the, the fracturedness of the, of the glass and then who Victor Stone is. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoy that. Sense. Nate, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say I, I, I don't hear this uh, cyborg as robotic. What I am seeing is that he is like, like almost like omnipotent God in this, like so calm, collective. Even when he was talking to his father outside, he's like, this composure that he has is something uh, unbelievable. I mean, well, he's used to being in control in like a stressful situation, right? He's a quarterback. He's got to be in yeah. control. Of, he's got to keep track of 10 other guys all the time in a stressful situation. It just works so well. I think he's just like so on another level at this point because it is like, don't worry, I got this. Like I am, I am this technological god. Like I get it. I'm, I'm <laughs> hearing I, my father in I my love. ears. Like I, I, I did it. You know, I, I saw all of the ins and outs when I did the whole ATM thing. Like I, I am a god. I can do this. I can just plug in and. I am the I internet. It. Yeah. Yeah, I have become internet. Well, yeah, it's cool. Um, like we see, he like actually fixes the crawler. It like retwists its leg back into place. It flips over. Like the fact that he can just like fix machinery kind of psychically is kind of insane. Yeah, and and I, it it, it does tap in still with like, hey, we're not a cohesive team because he is kind of in this moment, just like, I'm in control. I'm gonna do it my way. I'm gonna get it done and over with. Um, just like in the very beginning, just like you know, hovering over the bridge while everyone is doing their own thing. And this, it, it does a great job of showcasing Cyborg while also keeping it consistent that the team is just like in shambles. Yeah. And so he's just like, I'm going to do it. I'm taking over. Uh, I don't know who this other person on the comm is, but um, we're going to do it my way. Yeah. Um, I'm also obsessed with like the, the design of like UIs inside like big machines and like, oh, yeah. and mm -hmm. stuff. like this looks so cool to me. Yeah, we were talking last week. Um, there, there's a book that came out with Dawn of Justice. There was an art of book, and then there was a tech manual book, um, and it was like a way for Zack Snyder and Patrick Tatopoulos for them to uh, really illustrate and define Batman's identity technologically or, or hardware. Like, so there's a tech manual book. It's a really, really um, just like a nerdy thing to read. It's like really cool to look at. Um, I always am a sucker for those like kind of in-universe books that detail like. Um, this is Wayne Enterprises tech. Yeah, yeah. It ties in. Yeah, and it shows like depictions of the actual UI and everything like that. We got that a lot. We we ran with that when we saw uh, like the Lex Luthor UI, Lex Luthor Linux. <laughs> oh yeah, the Lex Lex uh, OS. <laughs> yeah, Lex OS. Um, because it's also like vastly different than you know what Batman was showing on like his computer and everything like that. Yeah. Um. That's also another thing, like the back computer and that user interface that they use is always just such a fun thing to do. Yeah. Like putting, setting up screens and a control booth and all that stuff, it's just got to be, you know, incredible. Yeah. 
the whole Batcave that they, especially for Dawn of Justice and how they showed it, like this kind of open floor plan and everything suspended from the ceiling. Like, yeah. I've always been like, this is awesome. I, I love it. And one of the things I love most about kind of like the Nightcrawler panel is that um, that it has so many buttons. And not, it, not everything is um, like a UI uh, so it's not it's, a, it's not a touch screen on everything it's not yeah, a, not it's not a hologram really analog it's not, yeah yeah it's, a, it's very analog it's a lot of like there's there's mechanical keys on on the on the desk and stuff like that so I'm always a big fan of things and I think that's what they wanted to do especially when they designed the grappling gun is to have this idea of like Batman's still a very mechanical person and it's and right yeah he again, can't get now, the cargo carrier working because it's a software problem not a mechanical problem Exactly. Yeah, and it, it it helps keep him separated from Tony Stark, which is another billionaire with a lot of toys. So right, keep it separated. Um, the minute's gonna end with uh, Steppenwolf and Cyborg playing tennis with the Rockets. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's all I have for this one. So I don't know if you guys have any notes for for Steppenwolf here, but he's gonna have his his moment in the yeah. next minute as well. I think I'm good. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up for today. If you've enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving us a five-star review. It really does help the show and helps new listeners discover the show as well. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter at DCEU Minute. And if you'd like bonus content, we have a Patreon for just $3 with tons of other podcasts to listen to. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you here next time on DC Cinematic Minute.